the morning. Our gospel reading is taken from uh, the gospel according to Luke, and it's in chapter 2, and it's verses 8 to 20. And it's on page 62 of your pew Bible. That's in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. The shepherds and the angels. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we sit, let's bow our heads to say a prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much for this marvelous story of the birth uh, of Jesus, but also of the Annunciation to the uh, shepherds on the hillside. Lord, we ask that uh, as we look at this passage, you would uh, bring familiar truths alive to us. And may we hear your voice and be transformed to become the people you want us to be. And this we ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. I wonder what is your favorite character in the Christmas story? It probably depends on um, if uh, you got a part in the play in your school nativity. How many of you remember being in primary school? Those of us who are a bit older. And um, I- I've been scarred because uh, what I was chosen for for the school nativity was to be a spider. Um, now, I'm not sure if, if my mind's got mixed up um, somehow, but all I remember was I had to wear something with eight legs on it. And... Um, and, and I've been scarred ever since. So if anyone would like to pray for me, I'd appreciate that afterwards. Um, but it was interesting because most of the girls wanted to be Mary. Many of the boys wanted to be Joseph. But I think one of the best group of people are the shepherds. And I want us to look at the shepherds today because these shepherds uh, are having amazing characters. And uh, this is particularly special to me today because yesterday... I was at a meeting 
where uh, we are planning, I'm part of a team from the Diocese of London going to Bethlehem uh, in March uh, uh, as part of the, the Diocesan mediation team. And I was given a little sheep which was made in Bethlehem with wool out of sheep from the Bethlehem area. And uh, I'm rather looking for, so it's a very special little uh, thing that I've been given. If you want to come and look at it afterwards, it's basically just a ball of wool uh, with some little um, sort of Shaun the Sheep eyes, you know, uh, in, in front of it. But I, I'm going to be going as part of a team to look at work of reconciliation between uh, Arab and Israeli, um, uh, where they're doing great work in trying to bring people, individuals together in that area of the Holy Land. But now we all know this story of the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks at night. But I wonder if we've ever asked, what's the message of this story for us today? Now, th there are five things I want to bring out. Um, uh, and uh, and if, if you're taking notes on, on the sheet, you know, just write a line or something. But I just want to think, begin by thinking, the shepherds, we must remember, were not in a profession that was highly prized in those days. Shepherds were at the bottom of the social scale in their day. They were regarded as unclean by rabbis a few decades later, and that might well have been the same at the time when Jesus was born. In fact, there were five lists of trades that were um, despised in rabbinic writings, and in three of those lists, shepherds were one of them. So if you wanted to get on in the world, or if you wanted to get a good husband for your daughter, then a shepherd was not the job for you, and a shepherd was not a husband for your daughter. That was what the social stigma was of being a shepherd in those days. But there are five things, I think, that we can learn from this very familiar story and encounter that the, that the shepherds had with the angel. And the first is that the shepherds were just doing their job when God showed up through his angel. The shepherds were just in their place of work and that was where they had this encounter with the angel and the message from God. Now, your place of work is probably the last place where you would expect to have an encounter with God, if you're honest. We all expect God to turn up in places like a church or in a religious setting or when we're doing something very religious like reading our Bibles. But no, the shepherds had this encounter because they were faithfully fulfilling their commitments at work. Now, I'm not suggesting you go into your workplace tomorrow and expect an angel to be standing by your desk or by the coffee machine uh, in the office or wherever you work. But the important thing is God shows up in the place that we might least expect it. And that is where, often where we're fulfilling our responsibilities for them looking after the sheep that night. You see, to, to God, there's no sacred or secular divide as though God is only interested in spiritual things and he's not interested in actually just the everyday stuff 
of our lives that fills most of our waking thoughts and concerns. God is interested in your work. Where you will be this time tomorrow, do you realize God is already there? And he's already working amongst the people that you work amongst. Will we go in to our place of work thinking this could be a place where I could meet God as much as I meet him in a place like a church on Sunday? If only we kept an eye open or an ear listening to the Spirit of God who's saying, do you notice this? Isn't that amazing? I hope that if, if there's anything you go away with from today, you will look at where you will be tomorrow as a place where you might encounter God or he might hear his prompt or a verse might come to your attention which applies to what you will be doing in your work tomorrow. You see, the shepherds were just doing their job and God, through the angel, met with them. That's the first point that I think we can learn from. The second follows on from it. Because when the angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around them, it says <clears throat> that uh, uh, the shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. The shepherds had to confront their fears. Now it's said that in the Bible there are 365 times when God says, do not be afraid, either himself or actually through messengers. Here, it was because they'd seen the glory of the Lord and they're thinking, what's going to happen next? It wasn't a nice sort of gooey feeling like we get at you know, children's nativities. This was seeing God's glory and actually to see God's glory means this is going to be your last breath because no one can see God's glory and live. And therefore the shepherds are terrified. But God says through the angel, do not be afraid. Other times in the Bible, people are afraid because they're facing a big challenge. And God's words to his fearful people are always, do not be afraid. I am with you. Sometimes we're afraid because of who God is. And we realize that we're unworthy. Sometimes we're afraid because there's something we cannot deal with in our lives and it threatens to overwhelm us. And we think, how am I going to cope? Sometimes it may be because of what's going on in our world. And even as I was driving here this morning and listening to the radio, they're saying, you know, the events of this week are going to be the most significant uh, events and decisions being made since the Second World War for this country. Whether we agree or not is another matter. But there are some situations, even when we think of climate change, that we think this is just too big and we're fearful. And for the shepherds, in the situation they were living in, which was under Roman oppression, they were thinking, what's Caesar going to do next? What's the next set of taxes we're going to have to find and we won't have the ability to do it? 
and pay for it. And God's message is do not be afraid. God is working his purposes out. Do you know what is making you most afraid at present? Where do you need to hear God's do not be afraid? What is the situation that is causing you fear and where he wants to say to you, don't be afraid, I'm with you. It may be a challenge you face, a situation that seems beyond you, an opportunity that actually you would rather avoid because it will take you outside your comfort zone. Do not be afraid. Have we let those words sink deep into our souls? The shepherds were, had, had to confront their fears. The third lesson for us seems to be the most obvious, but it's worth emphasizing that the shepherds simply listened to the message. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, we might have heard this story so many times that we forget uh, what an answer to prayer that message of the angel was. For 400 years, the people had been longing for God to come and rescue his people. And God has a message for the world, and he begins by bringing it to simple shepherds on a Judean hillside. This was the marvelous message of hope for a troubled world. God's king is coming. God's going to come and put things right. God hasn't forgotten his people. He has not turned his back on the world that he made. He is entering the world to act and to rescue. But not from the political problems, but from the ugliness of sin within the human heart and to break down barriers of division between Jew and Gentile, to bring people from different backgrounds who have been divided together. The message of the angels, you see, is the most subversive message of human history. All those who think that they're kings in this world and are not subject to a higher authority will feel threatened. And that, of course, was why Jesus was crucified eventually. Because the, the, the leaders didn't want this person to be threatening their authority. But Jesus is the king. And when we go into our daily lives tomorrow, do we go knowing that the message of God is the same today? God is bringing in his kingdom. I wonder what he's going to do today. It may be he wants to use me in speaking to someone that will actually bring something more of his kingdom in. It may be he wants me to be a peacemaker between warring factions in my office. 
It may be he wants me to reach out to hand a friendship to somebody who is unloved. God is bringing in his kingdom. And no dictator, no tyrant, no evil power or totalitarian ideology is going to stop it. If you look at human history, Stalin's Soviet Union tried and failed. Communist China tried and failed. And there are more Christians now in China than perhaps the other so-called Christian countries in Europe. Over 100 million are estimated to be Christians now in China. Are we listening to God, the message of God's words each day? You see, the, the shepherds listened to what the angels said to them. Now, we won't get suddenly a, a heavenly light and all the rest of it, but actually every day we can listen to God's message and come back to this book and reorientate our lives around the truth of it which is why reading it each day is so important for us to get our thinking right. Because otherwise, we'll just be influenced by the newspapers we've read, uh, the, the stuff we've seen on the TV, or the adverts that are telling us this is what will make you happy. No, it's coming back to realizing it's God's kingdom and his rule that is the thing that really brings hope and joy. Are we listening to God's words? But fourthly, they examined the evidence. Amazing, after another angelic appearance, this is where the whole choir come and sing. The shepherds say to one another, let's go. Um, let us go now, uh, verse 15, to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. No, he didn't say the, which the angel, he said which the Lord, because they understood this was from the Lord which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. They don't just listen to the message, they did something about it. They went to see for themselves and found it was just as the angel had said. You see, there's a danger in the Christian faith that it becomes something that is head knowledge but not heart knowledge. And it only becomes heart knowledge when actually we act on it and do something about it. It had never, I hadn't realized until preparing today that the angel does not command the shepherds to go to Bethlehem. Did you notice that? They're not commanded to go. All the angel says is, this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. But it doesn't say, go now to Bethlehem. There's no command. It's an invitation. Will they leave their sheep and go and look or not? And the shepherds acted on the message. And they decided to go and see for themselves and realize, and as they looked at the evidence, and saw this child in a manger in a cattle trough. But actually, yes, this is what the angels were talking about. Will we the exam examine the evidence of what God has said and discover for ourselves if it's true or not? 
Yesterday, my son uh, went back to uni after staying at home for a couple of days. And uh, now I can't tell you his story because actually that's only for him to say. But in the last couple of years, my wife and I have felt um, like being the father in the parable of the prodigal son, letting our son have to make his own mistakes and bad decisions and find his own way to faith. And the lovely thing is that with much prayer and some marvellous support and mentoring from others, uh, he's been transformed. And he's now stronger in faith. He knows where he's going and he's making wise decisions and avoiding things that he shouldn't do uh, and doing things that he should. But we've had to trust God at times when it's not been clear that actually God is working his purpose out and God has his hand on him. And I'm sure there are many of you that have members of your family that you're worried about. And you have to hand them over to God and trust that actually God is working his purposes out. Pray that they will come across another Christian that will actually be a good mentor for them. But the question for us has been, do we believe that God has his hand on my, our son or not? Are we examining the evidence and acting on God's word and on his promises and trusting him? Because finally, the shepherds left rejoicing and spread the word about Jesus. Now, for each one of us who's here, we wouldn't be here if for some reason God hadn't already touched our lives, that we're you know, giving up a Sunday morning and being in a church uh, when actually we could be uh, listening to the radio or watching something on TV or being with the family or, or shopping and buying more Christmas lights or whatever as the rest of the world is. Um, but actually you're here because you know there's something of truth here. And maybe God personally has touched your life anyway, maybe many years ago. And we wouldn't be here if that hadn't happened. And whether we've seen an angel or not, and most of us will never have seen an angel, nevertheless, we know where there is good news that is worth parting on to others. The hope of our world is not what is the vote on Tuesday in the Parliament. Important as that is, the hope of our world is based on what happened 2,000 years ago in that Bethlehem uh, stable where... Jesus was born, the king that God has sent. And we must be telling other people, do you realize actually the whole of history hinges on what happened 2,000 years ago? And whatever you are afraid of, as we say to our neighbors or those who maybe are living in fear, God wants to say to you, don't be afraid. Why don't you come this Christmas and find out more about this Jesus and what he's done for us. Find out why actually he can solve the problems that we have and he can give us peace in the midst of all the uncertainties we're facing as a world and a society. God is in control. The shepherds left rejoicing and spread the word about Jesus.
are you rejoicing this morning? I have failed as a preacher. If anyone leaves here not with a sense of a lightness of heart, because they realize actually, yeah, this is true. Because God has come in that first Christmas time and he's given us hope through Jesus. His kingdom is coming and one day we'll see it in all its fullness. These shepherds have so much to teach us. They were just doing their job and it was in their place of work. They met with the angel and heard God's message. They confronted their fears and recognized there were things they were afraid of. But they heard the message, don't be afraid. They listened to the message that the angels had, the good news. They put it into action and acted on it. And they left rejoicing and spread the word of what God had done. Let's this Christmas time not just hear again the story, but let's let it, its truth sink deep into our bones so that it fills us with joy. And let's spread the message to others. As we see it, let's bow our heads to pray. And in your own heart, just respond to where God has been nudging you. Maybe that area where you're letting fears overwhelm you and God wants to say to you, do not be afraid. It may be where God's been saying to you, listen to my word each day. Come back. Let your thinking be molded by the truth of the Bible. And maybe it's a matter of putting it into practice. Or it may simply be looking at your place of work in new eyes and realizing that actually God wants to say something to you in your place of work and use you in that place where we are Monday to Friday our loving Heavenly Father we thank you so much for the shepherds who were just getting on with their daily job and for the angel that met them Thank you that you reassured them not to be afraid. And where we are fearful, help us know that you are with us and nothing can thwart your plans. Thank you that they acted on the message and examined the evidence and saw that what the angel had said was true and they spread the word with joy in their hearts. Help us discover afresh for ourselves this Christmas that you are real day by day and help us to be bold to share the message of good news of the birth of the Saviour with those who don't yet know him 
And so we ask that you would give us the joy of seeing others put their trust in Jesus to your honour and glory.